Okay, let's turn to the book of Galatians and uh, chapter 2. <clears throat> We've been hearing uh, through uh, Vision Nights about people on a mission, people of the word, people of faith, and a people of worship, and a family of God, a holy family, and today we are going to hear about the global family. So we'll be focusing on that one before I go to that. I think I would like to uh, uh, invite or welcome my dear brother Will to read in the proper English accents because mine is quite Yorkshire. It's mixed, you know, corrupted now. So, so I don't know what kind of things are coming out from me. It is recently my... <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, Joel or Alex, I think Alex was correcting uh, Catherine how to pronounce... What was the word? I don't know. I don't know, you know, she's correcting, he's correcting mommy now, because this is the way daddy speak, you know, so you need to, you know, that's not the way, you know, this is the way, you know, so I was thinking like you're such an influence in the family, even though I'm in a minority, you know, so I was thinking, praise God, you know, you know, no. Okay, Galatians chapter 2, please, yeah. Um, maybe read till um, uh, 16. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Then, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? 
We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of a law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence, Lord Jesus. I ask for your grace uh, on my life to present your word with, uh, Lord Jesus, uh, with, with, with the truth. Lord Jesus, not the eloquence of the words or trying to be clever, but this is the work of your spirit transforming people's hearts. So, Lord, I pray for your presence to come and equip, prepare all age group to receive your heart, your DNA, your heartbeat, so that together, after, through hearing the message, God, we will be transformed into the image of your Son, and we can all together glorify your name, God. Lord, we ask for your presence to move among us, God. Help us to understand. Let it grow. Let it multiply. Lord, we pray for fruitfulness and multiplication through your word, and so that we want to glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. In order to understand the context, um, I think well, I need to go back and forth. This is a, a key uh, a issue the church was facing at that time. Because Jesus came as a, as a Jew and he lived and died and he led a life. The, the gospel mainly was communicated to the people in Jerusalem of Jewish, Jewish people. Then we can see that later it went to Samaria, then it went Judea, then it went further and further. In Acts 10, we can see that there was an amazing dream uh, Peter had and the Cornelius, and, uh, and he came to know Jesus. He was a Gentile, and uh, even before he finished his preaching, you know, suddenly, bang, the Holy Spirit came, and everyone started being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking tongues, prophesying. Then Peter was saying, you know, what is going on, this one? I thought this was especially for the Jewish people now, this is, I can see that the work of God among Gentiles, you know, so they are in a dilemma, confusion, how to handle this situation. So not only there, there is another guy being God saved now, he's from Turkey, and he was against the gospel, and uh, he was a Roman Jew, he's a kind of a cocktail personality, that is Paul. He was Saul, become Paul, and he is following Jesus. And he has a great passion to communicate this gospel to the Gentiles. And uh, there is another one called Cephas, or Peter. He has a great passion to communicate gospel to the Jewish people. The problem is, when they are coming together, there are lots of issues, you know. So one of the issues was Jewish custom. According to Jewish custom, you need to be circumcised, you know. So children, you can ask your parents, what does that mean by, I don't want to waste my time now. So, uh, you know, so I, w- I, want to, I want to move on from that subject, you know. So, so they said, oh, no, 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 if you want to, 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 to be saved, yes, um, yes, Jesus' news is amazing. All things are wonderful, but you need to do some extra bit also. They were saying Jesus plus something will save you. Jesus from traditions will save you. Jesus plus these kind of customs will save you. Then Paul said, no. If we are doing that one, what's the point? Jesus came and died, you know. So we could have been saved through work. So there is kind of a clash going between in a cultural 
political or religious uh, atmosphere, that is the uh, atmosphere here is happening in Galatians. What happened um, uh, here when Paul was communicating about the gospel of grace to the, to the, Jew, to the non-Jewish or Gentile people, and there is a point uh, when Peter heard, some other guys heard about what God is doing at Antioch, you know, he came to that place, and uh, he saw that, oh, God is doing amazing work among Gentiles, so Peter started to eating with them. Peter started to sharing table with them. Peter started spending time with them. All things are going amazingly, wonderfully. Then he got a text message. Some of the brothers from Jerusalem are going to visit. Suddenly, the nature, the way he was communicating his brotherly love to these Gentile believers started changing. You know, so you see, the, the moment the other guest arrived. What he do? Oh, guys, I love to spend time with you, but now, because these brothers are here, um, I will be friendly with you when they leave, you know. So, so he's suddenly pushing them to one corner and not spending time with them, not eating with them, not treating with the same way he was treating them. And there was a confusion among the believers because of these new visitors from Jerusalem started to push him or put pressure on him to withdraw, to be, to be ashamed of your behavior, what you're doing. You are a Jew. I can't believe that you are spending time with the Gentiles, you know, even you are not encouraging them to be circumcised, you know. So he started doing that. I will come to, to Peter's life and his life story a bit more later. So this is the context. There's a tension in the church going on there is kind of discrimination between Jew and Gentile, even though the gospel of truth is the pillar of everything. It's the foundation. So in chapter 2, verse 4, this matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated, can you understand the, the language, our ranks, ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ. And to make a slave, he's, Paul is using very strong language, what these brothers are doing to the church in Galatia. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. That's the key thing, you know. What's the reason? In order to bring my argument, or in order, no, in order to bring my theology, the foundation is the truth of the gospel. Christ died for everyone. Christ died to bring division between the, uh, to bring down the division between the Jew and the Gentile. That's the reason G Jesus came down. Even Rory just read, you know, reconcile back to God, you know. So this is, uh, we, exp you know, we implore you, you know, we come back to God. God wants to bring the division between the Jew and the Gentile. Not only that, above all, he wants to bring the division between God and man because he's been separated because of sin, you know. So that is the Christ's atoning work through cross. Now things are not going well because of these false brothers trying to infiltrate and they're saying like, hey, Jesus plus something you need to do to get saved. In, 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 in verse 11, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed to him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. 
Before certain men came from, uh, from James, he was used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him his hypocrisy, not only him, that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. It's really, really sad situation. We need to understand where God is standing in this matter. It's not the theology or kind of the passion of Paul or the passion of uh, Peter. Let's go back where God is at in this situation. In order to understand, we need to go back to the creation. In Genesis, we can see that before the foundation of the earth, before everything, God created everything from nothing. When he was doing that, you can see that God, three in one in harmony, they are different persons, but one in being together, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit doing the creative work so that he can demonstrate his glory through the creation. They were different in personality, but Holy Spirit is at work. The Father is at work. The Son is at work, but they are three in one working together. You can see the harmony in Trinity, but they are working together. That is the beginning. In the beginning, there was nothing, but God created everything from nothing for His glory. That is the way God created everything. Then He created the sun and the moon and the stars and uh, everything. The, it, all the things were same. No, they were different. All the plants were different. The colors were different. Can you imagine if you go out the springtime everywhere, daffodils, it will be boring, you know. You won't go to botanical garden, you know. Why you go to botanical garden? The variety of smell and the color and the diversity, everything is different because that is God. That is creativity is demonstrated through the creation. God is a God of creativity. That's the way he created. Then he created man and woman in his image and likeness. But man is different, woman is different, but he created us in his image and likeness. What does it mean by image and likeness? To demonstrate God's goodness to others. When people see us, they will see God. When we touch others, they will feel the touch of God. And they, when we talk, they will experience God's love. You know? So God created us as his pinnacle of creation so, so that we can demonstrate God's love to other people. You can see God made us, man and woman, with diversity, with the differences, but for his glory in his image and in his likeness. We can see the differences. But the tragedy we all know, we decided to disobey God. We, we want to go in our own way. But God didn't give up. He promised redemption. He promised through Abraham, through the whole nations. Can, we, can you say that together? Whole nation. Yeah, that was God's plan, you know, not just the Jewish people, not just some neighborhood people within there, through you, the whole nation, from the beginning, you know, God was showing again and again, I have a redemptive plan, not just this little chosen Israel or kind of Jewish, no, no, I was using them to demonstrate my love, my heart, so that I want to bless everyone. I want to redeem everyone. I want to bring everyone back to God's kingdom. And I want to, everyone to experience God's heart and God's kingdom. 
But Jewish people completely misunderstood this one, you know. So they were quite secluded. They were quite, you know, just like their own lifestyle. And even Jesus was trying to communicate about the kingdom of God. They opposed other people to come in. They don't go in. They won't let anyone get in, you know. So they were so offensive, you know. So they were, oh, he's a tax collector. He's a sinner. He's a prostitute. Look at that. Do you want to come in? No. Do you, can you let them out? No. That was the situation because they were so proud and arrogant thinking, we are the chosen one. But for God, I want to bring everyone into my kingdom. That is the bigger picture. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 15. Woe to him who builds a city with the bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice. So they're fighting one another. They're using the war to bring their own kingdom. Has not the Lord Almighty determined people's labor is only fuel for the fire and that the nations exhaust themselves for nothing, you know? Every effort, that's in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 15. Everything uh, people were doing in vain. Verse 14, beautiful, you know? For the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. That is beautiful, you know. So that's God's sovereign plan. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Not in, not in a single part of a geographical place, main, uh, place in, in the world. God wants to fill his whole, his glory all over the place. That means everywhere. Everywhere. That is God's plan. Then God wants to communicate this to the people to, to get it because they are not getting it. So He brought the sacrificial system bit by bit. You know, see, so the one way He demonstrated through that uh, was through sacrificial system. You know, so there is a G Abraham there, there is an Isaac there. God said, I, 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 you know, if you if you give your son, you know, so can you give your son to me? You know, so He said, yes, I will give. Then, then He was about to sacrifice. Then God God said, no, don't kill your son. He God provided one. Where there is a ramble, Lambo. You know, just like a, a, He provided there, and the the, the that lamb. Or Ram that died in his place so that Isaac was spared. So one bloodshed to save one person, one single person. That was Isaac. Okay, that's just a glimpse. Then sort of, okay, I want to communicate to you a bit more further. Not, not just one person. I want to, to save a family. Okay, here's the situation, you know. When God was uh, delivering people from Pharaoh, then said, uh, okay, you kill a lamb and put the, put the, the blood on, on the doorstep. Or, or, and then through that, you will be saved, you know. Through the Passover lamb, one family was saved. So here is Isaac, one person. Now through Passover lamb, he is demonstrating, I have a heart to save save one family. Then he said, I, I want to declare a day of atonement. That's not for one person. That is not for one family, for the whole nation. At the day of atonement, you know, the, the whole sin will be laid on one, one goat or one, one lamb, you know, just then there is another one will be gone astray, you know, through that sacrificial system. The whole nations will be, nation will be forgiven. That's the Jewish people for the Israel, you know. God was at the day of atonement to show that one person to one family, now the day of atonement for the whole nation. He didn't stop there. Then, <laughs> John the Baptist 
when he saw Jesus coming to be get baptized, he said, here is the Lamb of God to take over the sin of the whole world. Then Jesus, later Jesus died on the cross to save the whole humanity. So God was communicating not just for one person, not just for one family, not just for one nation. My heart to save everyone. I want to bring everyone back to my kingdom. In Isaiah chapter 53, one of the famous scriptures, you know, so it's like, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. And we considered him punished by God and stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions and he crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that us, that punishment that brought us peace was, us, peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us had turned to our own way. What an identity we have. Such a messy, destructive, nasty, smelly, disgusting, you name it. That is us. But in God's love, he came down, died in our place, so that we can be reconciled back to God. We can be restored back to God. Romans chapter 8 verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by flesh. Uh, whose flesh? My flesh, you know. The law was perfect by my flesh doesn't have the capacity to fulfill it. Law is amazing, but I can't bear it because I messed up. But God did, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering and so he condemns sin in the flesh so my sin is laid on him i'm supposed to die in that place but he died in my place so that i can walk in this freedom for whom for everyone so my death and my iniquities he took it he absorbed it he removed it and taken away from me. And, he, forg uh, and he, he, he forgave my sins. Not only that, have a nice time. I forgave your sin. No, he adopted me. He welcomed me into his family. That is God's sovereign plan. He declared through the cross and he's doing again and again. What a wonderful news we have. He paid my price and he died in my place. And uh, you can live with friendly, loving, forgiven relationship with God forever and ever and ever and ever. Some of you might be asking question, I get it, but I'm not there yet. This is amazing news, but how can I part of it, this amazing plan? Can I be part of this amazing plan? What should I do? Do I do circumcisions today? No. Thankfully not. Good news. What should I do? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And for this is not for yourself. It is the gift of God. Shall we say that word together? Gift of God. It is the 
gift of God. So I can be part of that. So it is not by work so that no one can boast. So you can be part of this amazing restoration plan from God. Only thing you need to do, you need to trust in Jesus and his work. Sometimes people might struggle with this uh, ideology. How can someone else work save me, you know? If we look at a world war or a, a former Indian freedom in national for, uh, 1947 or when we go back to history, I didn't fight the war. I was not there. I didn't do anything to set India free. Or you didn't do, most of you didn't do anything to do, to do at the time of Second World War. But some people did it. Some people fought for you. But what are you doing now? You are enjoying or you are accepting or you are believing or you are celebrating or you are living in that freedom even though you were not directly part of that. You didn't say that one. Oh, I don't want uh, Winston Churchill. No, I don't like that guy. You know, so. No, you don't say that one. <laughs> because someone else did that in the history. But how do you enjoy that now? By believing, by living, by, by being part of it, even though you didn't directly involve in, in the same way, you know, Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. It is very clear for your, for your sin, for your iniquities, for your every bad thing, he paid for it. So how can you receive that freedom God is offering by faith? In what? In Jesus. Jesus, you paid it. You did it. So I want to invite you as my king, as my Lord. I want to, I want to come to that freedom. And when you believe that, that's the way you will get saved. You can do that today. You don't need to do a special course. The grace is available for you. Through that gospel, God will Turn your world inside out, backside front, upside down, so that you can stand right side up with God. That is God's plan. You don't need to do a theological, educational degree or anything. This is a gift of God. I love to encourage you, anyone today, if you're thinking, that I'm, I'm not understanding, you don't need to get everything. Only thing. God. It's a gift of God, and it's, a, it's by grace. Only thing I need to believe, yes, God, I don't want to live in this mess anymore. Would you please come and rescue me? He will do it now, today. It's the day of salvation for some of you. Let's look at Peter and Paul. These guys amazingly received the revelation from Jesus. They walked with Jesus, especially Peter, saw miracles and wonders called by Jesus, and he followed him. On time, Jesus asked the question, people are saying many things about me, who do you say I am? One guy is always hyperactive, that's Peter. Me, I have an answer. Calm down, Peter. No, I have an answer. Okay, you tell me that. You are the son of living God. Wow. Jesus said, that's a revelation from the Father. Blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed by flesh and blood, by my fa but my Father in heaven. 
So salvation is the work of God. You cannot save by yourself. It is a gift of God through the work of the Holy Spirit by believing in his saving grace story. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades, Hades, Hades will not overcome it. This is the guy we are talking about. He received amazing revelation from God about Jesus. Wow. In Acts chapter 10, I just mentioned about uh, Peter and Cornelius. You know, he really struggled in, in his relationship with the Gentiles. Then God revealed his plan through a vision. And God said, kill the animals and eat it. He said, no, 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 no. Oh, God, you don't know me. <laughs> don't undermine my credibility towards you. God said, kill it. No. It's God saying, oh, I know that you are saying, but you might be forgetting some of the things you wrote in the book, you know. Okay. He said, kill it and eat it. I say it is holy. It's fine for me. Sometimes we try to become smarter than God. Sometimes we're trying to be eloquent than God. We're trying to do things better than God. That is the catastrophe. We heard, I think a couple of weeks back, uh, so uh, through, Dan was preaching about Moses, a man of humility, and Jesus, a man in humility. They humble in the hand of God to be used by God. The greatest weapon you need to be used by God in the hand of God is humility. God, use me for your glory. Here Peter, with his cultural, religious pride is stopping him. At the end, God managed to convince him. He did it. Then there is a knock. Three people coming at the same vision. There is three guys there. Somebody's waiting. He's not a Jew. He's Cornelius. He's a Gentile. You know, he's Gentile. Then he went there and he preached the gospel and Maybe hundreds of people got saved and the very first day before doing an, any kind of uh, introduction to Christianity course, the Holy Spirit came and filled them and before they having a Holy Spirit uh, you know, training, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they got baptized. They were part of God's kingdom now. Peter can't take it. Mm, is it really? I know that God is, you are doing, but yeah, but yeah. But God, bit by bit, broke into his heart. Then he shared about these amazing stories to other Jewish people and the leaders. They agreed with that. Yes, this says, this shows, God is not a God of partiality. He wants to bless everyone. That is his sovereign plan. It took time to understand that. This is the <laughs> Peter we are talking about. He was slowly pulled out, dragged outside from the truth of the gospel because of the influence from some bad believers. We cannot live a life on the basis of the revelation we received yesterday. We need God's grace every day, every day. How much we should be humble and crying to God, Lord, in order to be loving to my neighbor, in order to be loving to someone I really hate. He wants to pray for someone. He wants to share the gospel. I need your grace today more than ever before. That shows our inability and that demonstrates God's capability. Peter. 
This is a clash between two worldviews. Self-centered worldview or we need to be rescued from us. That's the biggest battle we face. Jesus came to rescue us from us because we are the center of everything. That happened in the Garden of Eden. Sometimes we say, oh, that is sin, you know. It's actually, in theory, I want to be the center of everything, you know. So the, the selfishness, the self-centeredness is the main thing that is opposing us and God. That comes up in different forms and different ways. We categorize them as sin. But actually, we need to be rescued from us because we want to be in the place of God. We want to be in the control of everything. We want to make sure that everything is under my control. We want to plan according to our plan. Oh, if God is uh, undermining my plans, oh, wait a minute. You know, so we fight everything to make sure that we, we, we don't want to be in that place because our selfishness, or that's the way we believe, that's the way we received. Racism or discrimination, it can be explained only by the gospel. There is no other worldview explain discrimination. They're trying to treat with the symptom but the gospel will deal with the root problem. It is selfishness. We are in a place, we want to exalt ourselves over above than God. You think, no, no, I don't do that one. I'll try to explain. What is racism or discrimination or prejudice, discrimination or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that once own race is superior. We all face this challenge. So that means this is not just a black problem. It's not just a white problem. This is not just an Asian problem. This is a global human epidemic. The moment when we hear this kind of terminology, oh, that is there, that is there, that is in New Zealand, oh, that is in London, that is there, but we are cool because we are not racist. But the moment when we push God's heart to one side and we want to be explaining things on the basis of our own worldview, even though it won't look like a discrimination, but we are exalting ourselves about God's heart and His sovereign plan. You can see that in throughout the history. Armenian genocide, millions died. Rwanda, Cambodia, India-Pakistan separation, Holocaust, Bosnia, Kurdish genocide, Rohingya Muslims, Yemen, Syria, Sudan, Israel, Palestine, Northern Ireland, you name it. It is an ongoing issue. It might pop up in the name of religion or ethnicity. These majorities are based on saying, my race is superior than someone else. That's the place the slavery comes or slavery came. Historically, Humankind failed to deal with that because they don't want to be in line with God's heart. God's heart to save everyone. 
but my heart i want to be in charge of everything so that i will enjoy my life anything interrupting my privacy anything interrupting my diary anything interrupting my relationship anything interrupting my convenience oh i can't believe that it is a war we all face church failed in slave trade time segregation time joe cross <laughs> lost you know i was going through some of them and i was bursting into tears seeing that blacks sit there whites sit there rwanda asians are killed you know i was thinking like goodness me if people understood the heart of god you can't drink that water you can't sit there you are out you can't go to that swimming pool you know churches follow that segregated churches white church black church indian church filipino church everywhere is not just the cultural convenience or language convenience it is the war we face i don't want to have the heart of god because it's an inconvenience they don't sing like me they don't eat like me they don't walk like me their hairstyle is different their skin color is different or their, their their marriage is different the way they raise their children is different everything is different so i want to be comfortable for oh, here god is crying out my son came down and died in your place to save everyone but we are so worried about our convenience we are so worried about our little convenience you won't say that you won't say that one i don't care if people go to hell you know nobody says that one but deep rooted issues we face we try to overcome through political ideological solution will fail again and again and again and again only gospel can set you free from that and you can't live on the basis of yesterday remember my brothers and sisters you know you can't say that one i i accommodated some people into my life you know yesterday i was so welcome to them don't live a life on the basis of yesterday for today tomorrow you need more grace otherwise you will fail like peter but god grace is available for us to rescue us if you call and if you ask god i need your grace today he will give it you might fail it you might drop it but if your heart is beating to carry the image of god he will transform you into the likeness of his son that's the work of the holy spirit that's why god united us being part of god's kingdom that's god's heart so what is god centered god centered world view then god created the human in his image and likeness i would like to quote some of the things from uh, bloodlines books from uh, um 
John Piper, he was sharing some of the story about his life. He was saying, he was some of the confessions, you know, as he was raising, he was very much part of a segregated church. That's the way he was raised. One day, there was a marriage time, you know, so his sister is getting married. There was a black slave woman, uh, you know, just like, they didn't say that slave woman trying to be helpful in the, in the family. But uh, uh, John Piper's mother loved her like a daughter. Never treated like a slave or anything. They were part of the family. On the wedding day, there is a big decision need to be taken. None of the blacks are not allowed in the church because of segregation or, or you know, just like, Joe, uh, uh, like all the legislation kind of things. But the whole nation is standing for some cultural values and undermining humanity on the base of their cultural background here is a woman standing and she said you are invited to my daughter's wedding when the church leaders failed everyone failed at that time and john piper is supposed to be welcoming as an usher you know so he's to be there he can see that that family coming closer and closer and closer to the church for the wedding day he's in a puzzling time you know god what should i do some of the leaders came and said, it is impossible. They can put their stand on the hair. It's impossible. It never happened. It's not going to happen. Your, your sister's wedding, you need to make a choice. This woman, what she did, she walked out, held the hand of that, that family, and walked inside to the church, and they celebrated together when Everyone was watching. That is the power of gospel. That action changed John Piper's heart years later to stand against segregation and racism within the church system. We all face that. Even now in our churches, we face that. When we hear stories on the political kind of things, that they all are coming. Our opportunity will be lost. Where will we live now? Housing crisis. Oh my goodness, they are invading us. But do you hear? Every tribe is coming to your doorstep. It's an opportunity to share the good news. Do you hear that? There is a time coming. Every tribe, every every people, every land giving glory to me because they know my sovereign plan. How do you see? Through the media or through the transforming work of gospel? If you are not transformed by renewing your mind through the work of the Holy Spirit in your daily life, you can also be dragged into that system. But if your heart is always want to be in line with the power of gospel, you won't be intimidated by the culture or media or the pressure. You will stand for Jesus because that is God's heart. This is not a good ideology. This is not a nice philosophy. This is not a cool church. Look at that. We are city church. We represent city. No, we are not here to represent Sheffield. 
That is not our plan. That is not our DNA. We are here to demonstrate God's heart. City Church, to demonstrate God's heart. In God's heart, every ethnic group's minority or majority only can be saved through God's gospel of grace. You know, that's the proclamation. So we want to see that together. That is our prayer. Thank God that clock is still at 11 o'clock. <laughs> that was my introduction, okay? No, no, we're nearly. No matter what the skin color or facial features or hair texture or other genetic or cultural traits, every human being in every ethnic group has an immortal soul in the image of God. A mind with the unique God-like reasoning power, a heart with the capacities for moral judgments and spiritual affections and the political uh, potential for relationship with God that transform us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That is created by God. The image of God sets every person utterly apart from all the animals, which that's the way God made us. Every human being, whatever color, shape, age, gender, intelligence, health, or social class, he made in the image of God. He will redeem everyone from every ethnic group. That's God's plan. He will do it. But our privilege to be part of that sovereign plan. Hallelujah. What a privilege we have. What a security we have. On the last day, you know, when we sing together, it's not just English chorus. It's not just a Malayalam chorus. It's not just a Swahili chorus. It is going to be heavenly language mixed with all the choruses. What is going to do? We are giving glory to the Lamb of God because of you. You slain. That's why I am saved. The first one is God has created us in his image. What is the second point of the godly worldview? We all sin. We are on in our corruption. No matter what kind of background you are, we all are sinners. That's it. Third one. Christ died to reconcile us to one another and to reconcile back to God. I think Rory hijacked my preaching in advance, you know, he read that. Even though I don't like it, I'll forgive you, brother, you know. That's work of the Holy Spirit. And when he, when he read that, you know, I was thinking, yes. He, uh, and he, there is, there is a wording there. I implore, is it that word, implore you? Or, uh, I'm not English, but I can sense the, that implore you. I beg you, you know. Be reconciled back to God. How do you see that? There's all the commandments put together in one. What did Jesus say? Love God as yourself? No, there's one command. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
We might have written, love God above everything. No, in order to love your neighbor as yourself, <laughs> this needs to be fixed. <laughs> God knows that one. If you fit in that category, that means it is already sorted. <laughs> one command. Last one. God died, Christ died to reconcile to one another, to reconcile back to God. And the fourth one, by grace through faith, we can come into this salvation. He's ready to justify anyone, anywhere, from any ethnic group, through faith in Christ alone. There is only one way to be justified no matter what kind of background you're coming from, that is through Jesus. Jesus is God of the nations. God is God of the nations because he has made a way for everyone, the same way for every ethnic group to get saved is grace alone through faith alone. On the basis of Christ alone to glorify God and that is God's sovereign plan. That is the biblical worldview. Exalting ourselves over the maker. When we exalt ourselves based on race or ethnicity, we are exalting ourselves over our creator. Do you want me to repeat that again? It's quite uncomfortable. Exalting ourselves over the maker. When we exalt ourselves based on race or ethnicity, we are exalting ourselves over our creator. This is the root cultural class or caste superiority. This is the root. Racism? Absolutely. I'm exalting myself above God. Full stop. Discrimination? I'm exalting myself above God. Pleasant. I like chicken masala, you know. I go to curry. is my favorite thing, you know. I don't have any racism. I'm not talking about any kind of food you like or something. Deep sins in your heart. If you hate, discriminate anyone, you are saying... God created everyone in his image and likeness. Oh, no. There are superior and inferior. God said, no, no. I created everyone in my image and likeness. Everyone is equal. No, you're saying, no, no. They are different. This is the root. Government can't fix it. Nothing can fix it. I've watched a couple of uh, movies recently. One is uh, um, The Last... King of Scotland. The other one was uh, Black KK Clans. Have you watched that one? It's a hilarious one. And the third one yesterday, uh, um, um, the one I watched on BBC iPlayer yesterday, I was just going through how a church in London transforming top gang members. They come, come with the, is it balaclava or something? They come to church with the balaclava because to, to avoid arrests. The top of the top how they are transformed by the power of the gospel. You may not like it, the style. I don't care. But they preach the gospel. That's our problem. we based on, oh, that's not the way we do things. No. If God wants to set you free someone in a different way, who are we to stand on the way? We might have stopped in Cornelius' house, you know, oh, no, 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 Peter didn't finish his fifth point. Jesus, can you wait, please? He knows the way he wants to rescue people. That's his heart. 
We might have subtle problems in our church. We might not be racist, but we might have some subtle issues based on class or friendship or prejudice or hypocrisy, based on location they live, ethnicity, skin color, accent, education, lifestyle, family, culture, eating habits, hairstyle, you know, just based on lots of things. If anything standing against on the way of the gospel of grace, the time to come before God, save us from us. That will break the fear of limited good, limited time, limited language, limited food, limited accommodation, but God is a God of lavish grace. He can sustain all our needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Let me read one more scripture, then we'll pray. It's a time for us The church is the manifold wisdom of God. So what do we, what's our prayer? His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus. That's his plan through church, through us. He wants to reveal his manifold wisdom and knowledge. So what's your prayer? I'd like to show three pictures that I, I, I got it from a welcome box training. If, you, if you've been to the welcome box training, um, and uh, so the, the, you might have already familiar. Are we trying to become an international church or multicultural church or intercultural church? Let me go to the next picture, you know, so that will explain. What does that mean, international church? We welcome you. We got fish and chips. You, you don't have that one. We will serve you, eat it, enjoy so that's international church. Come, we are special. You can taste it and you can enjoy it because this is very special. You can't make it. We are international church. Then another church. The next slide is uh, we can be like a multicultural church, you know. It's like an Indian cuisine, you know. So everything is boxed. Chicken tikka masala, or this one, you know, aloo parotta, and, uh, uh, you know, just a biryani, and, uh, you know, so like a masala dosha, everything is boxed, you know. So all we are saying, we stand together, but we are different. So we can be a church like that. But in God's plan, I think the next picture uh, says more than, we want to be an intercultural, this is like a salad with the lettuce and the, uh, the, 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 the spring onions and the couscous and everything is mixed together. When you eat together, mmm, yummy, you know. So you can't separate anything, you know. So you taste. So in order to taste better, I need you inside. So in order to celebrate God, I want you to be part of me. In order to celebrate God's goodness, not in a box, I want... All of us in one together with our distinctive taste. Not boxed. No welcomed. You serve it together. So all we are saying, every tribe, every tongue, every people, every land, giving glory. Jesus didn't say that. Okay, let's the English sing now. Hallelujah. Let the, you know, it is a, all together. Let the Malayalam sing, hallelujah. Oh, it's all, in all languages, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you know, I completely forgot that. I should have taken some, some other example. Bad me. Okay, okay, forget about that one. So God wants to, us to raise us a church 
together. We need you to celebrate God together. We need your cultural distinctiveness so that we can celebrate together. We need your abilities together so that we can celebrate together. Not to exalt ourselves how cool we are. No, how cool God is. How wonderful God's plan is. Let's stand together and read one more verse and we are going to pray. After this I looked at and therefore before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Shall we say that together? No one could count. Every nation try people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches on their hands and they cried out, cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne, around the elders and four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength to be our God forever and ever and ever. Amen. As a church, we want to demonstrate that now. But we are heading to a time. God is going to be super exalted through his sovereign plan, saving everyone because Christ died for anyone, everyone, as long as they want to come to him through grace, by faith, they will get saved.